Hola, hello, hi, bienvenido, and welcome back, or welcome to Mentors Today. Ileana, how is it coming? Since everybody who's listening lately is worried about how the grocery store opening is coming, how is the world of Yema? How is the world of Yema going this week? Big launch coming up. Hi, hi everybody. Hola, cómo están? Uh, yes, we are about to launch in few weeks uh, our first um, store in Guadalajara of Yema. Yema um, is a supermarket that has their own brand, and it's also it's trying to like a Trader Joe's for for Latinos. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, so we are very exciting because in two weeks we're going to be open. And that's the first store outside of their home base, which is Mexico City, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we we started with the um, online service, but now we we are like putting all the the efforts to do uh, in the the stores, physical stores. Uh, so that, that's a, a great challenge for the company too. Yeah, see, and for you, because you've never had to open up a grocery store before. So good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun. And speaking of innovation and fun and new things, uh, we've got an awesome guest who was literally one of the innovators, uh, creators, I'll call him that, kind of the OG voices behind entrepreneurship uh, and the entrepreneurial economy in Chile back in the day. So, Ile, why don't you tell our audience about our guest today? Um, so today we are very happy to be joined by Tadachi Takaoka, Gerente General de Social Lab Chile. Uh, and in this in this occasion, I'm going to to talk about this our guest in Spanish for the first time. So Tadachi is Ingeniero Civil Industrial eh, y Magister en Gestión de Operaciones de la Universidad de Chile. Sus áreas de especialización son innovación y emprendimiento, siendo uno de los pocos casos existentes en Chile que ha estudiado y ejecutado el tema desde cinco frentes distintos. Consultor, gerente general, emprendedor, profesor universitario y gerente de una aceleradora de negocios. Su fuerte está en la estrategia de negocios, testeo rápido de modelos de negocios de innovación y total autonomía para obtener resultados de alto impacto con bajo uso de recursos. Fue encargado de emprendimiento de innovación en Chile como gerente de emprendimiento en el famosísimo Corfo y hoy se desempeña como gerente en Social Lab Chile. So, Tadachi, welcome to Mentors Today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Hola, ¿cómo están todos? Gusto de estar acá. Hi, Welcome. welcome. Hi, How are you, buddy? I'm great, I'm great. I'm great to hear you again, Rob. We, we, it's it's been great. a few years, exactly. It's yes. we, you, you were, I think you were my original test pilot case on when I wanted to do a podcast all by myself back in like 2018. Um, yes. and, then, and then even since then, we have, we've only spoken on Zoom a couple of times as you were doing some life changes before the pandemic. It's great to hear you. It's wonderful to have you. Today, we're, we're connecting Los Angeles through Guadalajara all the way to Santiago, Chile. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. It's been a, a long trip, but... We're here together again. <laughs> exactly. So, wow. hey, we, we've, Ilya and I have a lot of things we want to cover with you today, and we're going to be super respectful of your time. So I'm going to dive into the deep end right away. Like, let's open this convo up with a big pressing question. As involved as you've been in entrepreneurship in so many different ways and currently involved as you are, do you think the way that we, the industry, quote unquote, or the world is preparing and supporting entrepreneurs currently is working? And my follow-up question to that, kind of you can tackle them both at the same time if you want, is like, are we producing enough of the right outcomes or the right types of peoples and leaders that we want and need or not? 
Well, it's a great question because I, right now I'm suffering a crisis about what is really an ecosystem of entrepreneurship, and I want to refer to that. When I was when I was head of entrepreneurship in Chile, I, I was in charge of the startup strategy here. Um, and I talk about unicorns on Silicon Valley and all that you have already known, and accelerators and keep raising capital. And right now, I'm kind of questioning that because from what I ha have I heard of, of Silicon Valley or the way that other ecosystems have developed, like Germany, for example, that doesn't have that much unicorns, but went for, for another strategy of having a medium and um, big size companies that are interact with each other and are very specialized. So the, the economy is more robust because you don't depend on a, a, on a few. And also you don't have that level of inequality. I'm right now asking myself, what's really a developed ecosystem? Is, is one that produces a lot of unicorns? Is one that has a lot of money to raise? Uh, so I don't have a, a, a unique answer. I think right now, for example, Mexico is a great example of a country with a lot of money that is attracting a lot of Latin Americans. Uh, here in Chile, we have a, a three unicorns right now. Until one year ago, we, we had none. Um, and big part of that is Mexico. Big part of that is how they raised capital there. So in terms of the classic view of Silicon Valley, having an ecosystem, incubators, accelerators, co-work spaces, mentors, in investment uh, in uh, venture capital or, or network angels, I think, yeah, we're pretty much going in a good way. I think we are moving in a in a great place to have a base. But right now, I think the, the rest of the road is, is really blurry in terms of what's really next for Latin America. I, I, I don't think that we need to be the next Silicon Valley. I, I think we need to create a, an ecos a local ecosystem or, or a Latin ecosystem, which is focusing on, on, on social innovation, triple impact. I think we're very good at it. Colombia has a lot of examples about that. Chile too. Mexico has a lot of space uh, uh, to innovate in the base of the pyramid. So I think this, this part is more difficult because we can't copy anymore. We need to find our own sauce or own flavor. So uh, Tadashi, have you seen this shift or has this conversation that we're beginning with this question, have you seen this start to come become more prominent or become more commonplace like during the pandemic in Chile? Or are you just out there on an island talking like this? No, I think it's really prominent. A lot of countries in the world are talking about this. There's a big discussion right now about what's the new weight of capitalism. Nobody says that it's wrong to have a, I don't know, a tendency to growth. It, it, there, there's nothing bad about becoming rich. But if you have a model that it's a serious sum game where you have a few that have a lot of money and the rest doesn't have it. Uh, it's a broken model. So right now, a view of, of triple impact, the view of, of, of not maximizing the, the PB, but maximizing the, 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 the equality that you can have in the country, at least leaving no one behind or, or, or supporting the people that really need that, like health, water, whatsoever. Uh, it's, it's a really big conversation right now. We don't know how to solve it. Uh, it's really clear that startups are not the solution in terms of uh, how you support the system. So what can or, we do? Or, or at least not by themselves. And that's always been that's always been my perspective, right? Is that the real answers are, are a synthesis of good public policy, great startups, innovative thinkers, capital, private sector, public. Like that's the, that's the truth, right? But we, we seem to have 
Uh, to Ilay's point, though, maybe we just started in one corner of this or in one part of this, and now we're now we're kind of widening it out. Like it's it's uh, yeah, it's definitely not easy, Ilay. Um, I know you had a question you wanted to talk about, kind of how how Tadashi is yeah. actively trying to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would like to know more about what is Social Lab. Uh, I did know what it is, but for our audience, uh, it will be great if you can uh, tell us a little bit about Social Lab and what do you are what are you doing there and why did you choose to be part of this amazing um, organization? Yeah, of course. Social Lab is a company that has 10 years now. Uh, we have a view of the world where we say, okay, we can, you can do a social innovation, but you need a business model for it. And it was a heavy conversation in that moment, 2010, because talking about earning money and having social innovation was a really, really dark thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and right now is something that most of the uh, social innovators agree. Uh, you don't need to have a cheap product to make social innovation or to be called a social innovator. You don't need to do something that is only for, I don't know, people that is in, in poverty or, or, or only sustainability. There, there are different phases of social innovation. So we started uh, making uh, applications and, and contests from big companies to attract startups and to, or to help them to incubate them. Um, from that generation uh, came a lot of, of new startups that right now are really big in terms of social innovation, like Algram in Chile just landed in New York or Efficity, a, a company that was trying to help big companies to uh, save energy, to save energy, in, uh, measuring them and, and giving them practices to, to save that. Uh, they, they became one of the first exits in, in Chile. So it was a great part of first part of the of social app but right now we say okay but social innovation is so difficult if, if you think about it there's not one bullet that can solve all the problems of social innovation for example in terms of the education if you say i have a startup in education it's really weird that you will have something that solves all the problems in innovation it's so big so different so complex that you will have a startup that is specialized in attacking the problem of bullying for example or you have a startup that is specialized in helping the teachers to make a uh, easier class in terms of how much time you need to put on it. Or there's a startup that is helping parents to become more involved in the education of their, their kids. So as you see, social innovation is characterized by how complex it is, how many startups you, you need, or how many innovations you need to make a change. So it's a, num it's a game of numbers. And for that, we say, okay, this is not a business of incubation. This is not a business of only corporate venturing open innovation from big companies to startups. This is a game of data. This is a game of know who more than know how. So what we are doing right now is we go to big companies, we give them all the all the help to raise their social innovation uh, challenges. We look for the startup, we help them to connect. But in reality, the, the, the real dream that we have is we want not right now to have more than 1,000 companies, big companies are telling, telling us around across Latin America, this is my problem. My problem is how do I clean my water? My problem is how do I not negative, negatively affect the community around me? My problem is how I risk productivity of people so they can go home er earlier. So when you see 1,000 challenges for, from big companies, 
you know what's the next market for social innovation because one big problem for innovators in the social term is they don't know how to select a market so we think that we can solve that a big market for the social innovation and on the other side if you have a lot of startups working in different problems and you know you say okay you know what there are 20 startups in latin america trying to solve the problem of bullying in schools uh, that's a big pain for everyone so Government, you should do something about it. that. Big companies, you should do something about that. That's social up right now. So, so you built up enough volume over time uh, from from being involved with enough different corporate clients, facilitating these challenges and these challenge solutions that the that you foster these companies. So we're creating a market, right? That's I mean, right. like that. That's kind of what. So, so because I always feel like private capital. Not, not that it ignores this end of it, but it obviously is not the focus. Um, but it sounds like I was going to ask, like, how do we draw private capital? And I think maybe you answered it, right? Is you just create, literally create enough of a market that it's just too hard to ignore. Yes, but there, there are some problems when you try to connect social innovation with the, with the traditional venture capitals, if you can call them traditional. Um, for example, when you measure, when you talk about social innovation impact, if I say I have a, these t-shirts that are innovative because I don't know, I there are different colors or, or whatsoever, and and, and and people look at them and say they're ugly. It doesn't matter because I'm selling two million dollars of those of these t-shirts. Okay, the, the, the innovation is proven. You have a commercial validation of the market. You're growing. It's perfect. But if I say you know what, this teacher also uh, is changing the way that you uh, clean the air because it takes CO2 and convert them into oxygen, but you need like 1 million teachers sold so you can do something about a country because it's, or a city because there, you need that much to prove that something is happening. So maybe I'm, I'm selling teachers, maybe people like it, but I can't prove the impact, I need more time. What happens if I say, I have a, a treatment in my startup where if I check a kid when they are four or five years, old when he's five four years old uh he's going to have better opportunities to enter the university or enter to a good education so how much time do you need to prove that and when you talk about vcs the usual vc has 10 years of operation where in five years they invest in five years they uh, take the money back because of exits or, or selling their their participation so that's maybe that's too little time to yeah, help the, yeah. the startup to prove themselves. So you have these concepts where the, they do not cross or they do not connect in a good way for now. That's why, for example, we right now have impact funds. That is a new way to measure the, re the return of the investment into new startups because there's this movement is becoming so heavy, so big, that you need new solutions for that. If there's no problem with VCs, there's no, there's no problem with regular startups or unicorns, but you, you need to do something about this new ecosystem that is raising more and more every day. Yeah, I was, there's a, a, a new friend of mine, he's a, a, a new venture capitalist as well, uh, a former operating executive who exited recently into what he calls retirement, but I say he's gonna be more active now than he was. Um, but uh, Paul tweeted out something yesterday, I'm gonna, not gonna do it correctly. It was something like all investors are impact investors some just don't care about what they impact. And I was like, <laughs> I was like whoa, holy cow, what a hook, right? Um, and, yeah. and knowing, knowing Paul, I'm sure he's going to host like a Twitter spaces on this in the next couple of weeks. But 
um, he's he proudly like stakes out that that type of ground to to kick up conversations. But I mean, that's a bit of what you're saying. Like, so the investment is investment. ROI is ROI. It's just that in your in the cases of the types of companies that get born of the projects that solve these types of challenges across Latin America, the time horizons to prove them are just longer than the typical time horizons of the of the quote unquote venture capital model. Yes, so they it doesn't, doesn't mean they're not worthy of being proven or or capitalized. No, of course not. No, no. And I, I have a, a couple of, of of commentaries about that. First, I think it's the same discussion about what is social innovation or what where an entrepreneurship entrepreneurship can be called social. Um, some people say every entrepreneurship is social because it affects the society, and I respectfully disagree because I think it's different when you raise a strategy. When you really want to impact or, or, or produce an impact in, in, in a very focused way. And it's different when it's a second effect of what, of what you're doing. And I want to put you an example. For example, if I'm, if I'm an internet company and I was in, ter in times of COVID and when we were or in quarantine, with, he can say, I'm a social company because, because of my service. You could keep studying, you could keep working because of my service for the community. So I'm a social innovation. And that's kind of weird. Nobody's going to think of them like social innovations. And why is that? Because they didn't create the company for that. If, if they really will be worried about giving connection to the people, democratizing the access to internet, there wouldn't be what is called red zones. There wouldn't be zones where you can access internet or they will be prepared to give everyone a, a good connection so they can really study. So it's not credible that they made the solution with that in mind, with that objective in mind. So in our definition of social innovation, at least in social app, one of the biggest part is you need to have a social challenge at the very beginning. You need to have a social challenge as your dream, your horizon, your 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 view of life, what can you do to impact others? So we disagree that every entrepreneur is a social innovator. Uh, everyone can create an effect on society. Yes, that's true. But it's different when you have someone that impacts a million people and has really focused on creating a better product. And you have other person that is saying, okay, I want to raise, I found, I found an opportunity, but I really want to earn a lot of money or really want to win the market and become a, a monopoly uh it's a different way to 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 see the the to see the business and and to be honest that also creates a different view of how you take decisions how you create how you treat your talent how you work with providers how you look at the community that's around you the decisions that you take is very different so I really don't think that every investor creates impact. I really don't think that any, every entrepreneur is a social entrepreneur. There's no scene that, but it's not true that everyone is the same. So so you think that it, it, it is something that has to do with something that is not that very tangible? Like it's more about the feeling, the, um, the conviction of the prop to solve the problem, to impact, and then you put a measure on that. That's why it's kind of complicated to, to like, I don't know, uh, to have a follow-up on this kind of uh, projects uh, or to materialize like a, like a line uh, to, to, to how to measure impact? No, I think it's really tangible. I, I think it's really tangible in terms of you have a mission, you have a view, you have a, uh, something that 
when you hear it, you know that everything in the company is created to make that solution. It's, it's very different, for example, like Starlink. I, I can't remember the, the exact name. And it's the internet solution of, of Elon Musk uh, or the way that he met Tesla and he uh, released all the patents of their um, electric, uh, electric motor because he wanted everyone to help, to help create a new, a new reality. So uh, it's really tangible in terms of you look how the company is taking decisions. You look how they are trying to really solve the social, solve the social problem and, and they want to uh, win money in, 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 in that world. I really like the view of Ma uh, Mariana Mazzucato. I don't know if you know her. She's a Italy, Italian-American uh, economist that she lately started to talk about the role of the state in terms of innovation. How can they create markets for innovation? I really not, do not agree in terms of that the state should um, manage companies. I, I, I really I don't like that view of the thing, but I, I do like the way that she talks about missions. She, she puts an example. She says, you know, when Kennedy said we need to go to 61, you need, we need to go to the moon and bring back a man safe and sound uh, before the end of the decade. And everyone knew that was the mission. And when you look at the price of doing that at the end of all the, all, after all was said and done and, and they achieved the challenge and everything else, the amount of money they used for that, it was impressive. It was in the, in, in the hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. And if you measure that in terms of return of investment uh, as well, we got to the moon, we were in, in the middle of the Cold War and we wanted to, to win this race. Okay, might be too expensive to, to say that the government was ineffective or, or, or spent a lot of money like we know the government is. But when you check this in terms of it was a big challenge, nobody knew how to do it. So we, we had to create a lot of inventions uh, and innovations in that road to achieve this new big mission. And uh, you will see that we have uh let lights because of that you have a new kind of food you have uh the, the velcro you have um uh, even the technology be, uh, uh, behind the air jordans came for, from that and, and a lot of stuff that innovation that came from that mission so what i'm trying to say is right now i think the new way to, to see innovation and capitalism and, and social impact is Governments, I'm, I'm not sure that government or, or the state is really good at magic, managing innovation. I really think they are not. But I think they're really good to look at everyone and say, okay, these are the pains of the country. This is the dream. This is the mission. And the private, the startups, entrepreneur should be tackling those problems, should be making innovations, working together, and the government should be signaling all these challenges and the big dreams. I think that's the way of Latin America right now. That's a, that's a road that we should move in now. So it, it, it's not the same in, if you try to make any kind of innovation. Social innovation should have certain views that are the biggest pains right now. Um, and we would like to know, like, if you can please... Um, share your opinion about Chile's current state of entrepreneurship and in Latin America and I don't know what what are you what is your perspective right now because we I mean I was there and Rob too and we we leave the the entrepreneurship like in in uh, vibes of Chile in our in our lives 
and it was awesome. But what do you think it's 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 happening now? Yeah, I think we're we're in a third stage of innovation in terms of the of how the ecosystem develops. Uh, usually, and this is not science, but it's what the history has shown that innovation ecosystem maturing in terms of 40 years. That's the story behind Silicon Valley. That's the story behind Tel Aviv and Berlin and, and London and everything else. So Chile has something around 30 years old in terms of maturity. I don't know if you remember this, Rob, but during the 2010s, 2015s, when, where I was talking about this and when I was in Corfo, people usually talked to me and asked, where is our unicorn? Where is our unicorn? How much money have we Yep. They were and still say, they were they were still talking about that when we arrived in 2017. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, they were desperate about the unicorns. Yes, and I say always always the same. Don't worry about it. We're on the good road. We are right now, if the ecosystem will be a person, we're right now a teenager. Uh so don't worry about it. We will become adults. It's just a matter of time. And I don't want to say that I I, I guess that or, or or that I can predict the future. It was only repeating history. It was the same in every country. So everyone was surprised when we had three unicorns in a row in one year. And I say, what are you surprised about? This is a process of 30 years of work. So it's not about being funded by the government. It's about the ecosystem. It's about the culture. It's about what you see and how the opportunities is shown and how many pieces you have in the, in the, in the, in the country and everything else. So... I will say that this is the third stage because the first one was creating the critical mass and the culture, and that was around 2010 when we finished that first part. Uh, for, since the 90s, since we came back from Pinochet's uh, dictatorship, uh, we recovered the democracy and we started to seek innovation. After that, you say, okay, you have a lot of people talking about this. Everyone wants to become an entrepreneur. They are starting to sink big, but who helps them? And from 2010 until 2020, I will say, they say, okay, right now it's about the ecosystem, how you raise the bar, how you bring talent, how you create a road for them as supported uh, professional ecosystem of innovation. And we succeeded at that, I, I will say. And right now it's okay, we need to grow. We need to show the results. We need to have big companies that work on this. And right now, it's, well, Chile is a small country, 19, 18 million people. But you have big startups poaching talent from the big companies to bring them into a startup ecosystem, bringing talent from the universities. And that's really cool. But right now, I'm kind of not scared, but worried because I, I'm, it's not that clear, like I said before, the next step. So some things that I think Chile right now should be doing, first of all, addressing the social a mission vision of the, that Masukato is talking about. What is what are the markets that we should really be tackling right now? It's, it's okay if I make a new video game in Chile. Is there the market to support that? Should I move to their place? Uh, are there other markets that will be more interesting? Uh, and the state has a call on that. The second thing is we don't have enough people in terms of developers, people working on technology to create new unicorns like. For example, Corner Shop, the first unicorn right now has something around, I'm, I'm guessing here, but some, has something around 70, 80 developers, only in Chile, more in the, in the rest of Latin America. Uh, and, you, and you don't have enough developers in Chile to have 10 unicorns. You just don't have that much people. And someone might say, okay, but don't worry about it because you can sign right now someone in India. Yeah, but 
when you try to seek for that guy in India or that girl in India, uh, you're competing with the Silicon Valley and Europe, and it's not that easy. So it's not something that you will solve that easily. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the third hand, I think that there's something about what is the view of innovation, of what is the, the objective of innovation? Creating new rich people? What are we doing with inequality? <laughs> the story behind Silicon Valley and San Francisco, everyone knows people can no longer live there. They had to move to San Jose and other uh, cities around because it was too expensive. Uh, Israel. Hey, you mean, you mean that's you mean that's not the mission is to just create more rich people in Santiago? I thought that was the mission. <laughs> it's a very very emotional mission. Yeah, I'm I'm, right. I'm on the verge of my tears. That's, that's fascinating. All right, so so I have I have a question for you. It's kind of fun. Change up the energy a little bit, and we're getting here towards <laughs> the, getting towards the end where Ileana is going to turn you into a mentor for the day. Um, so you get you'll get to drop some more wisdom on people. But I have I have one. So you, my friend. <laughs> innovated yourself over the course of the pandemic. Because when I last saw you I, in person, like you said, it was probably in Mexico at some point somewhere. Um, but since then, like I never knew my friend Tadashi to be like a super heavy social media user guy. Like you were, uh-huh. on, you, you were on it, you were active, but you weren't like a- Now like, influencer. Right now you are a full on social media influencer. Like you literally, like you, and, and I say this with all, I'm teasing, but I say it with all compliment and love, like you in the pandemic found a new way to express yourself and share your voice about entrepreneurship and innovation and social change via the internet and your social media platforms. And I would love for you to explain why that happened, first of all, and then like what what impact do you think you're having in doing this? Because you're clearly, by the way, very good at it even though I don't understand everything you're saying in Espanol, like I listen, to, <laughs> I, I still listen to your posts and I still learn, uh, but like you're really good at it and you clearly have 20 some odd thousand followers on one of the platforms. So how did you start, why did you decide to start doing that? And then tell us a little bit about how it's been going. Yeah, yeah. Well, after I left Corfo, um, I had this sensation that, well, first of all, a lot of people in Corfo told me, well, this is the first time that I understand why Corfo does what it does, or this is the first time I understand the instrument that you have. And I think, whoa, having good communication is so important, like so many millions of dollars in this, and nobody can explain how this works. It's, it's kind of, of weird. Uh, so it felt like a superpower in that moment, like a gift. And I said, what do I do with this gift? Uh, I think it's, it's important for people to understand better what we're doing. And cross with that, uh, is, is I saw a lot of entrepreneurs in Corfo, like 8,000 people applying every every year, 8,000 dreams, 8,000 families behind these entrepreneurs. And they committed so many mistakes. They were so unprepared in terms of methodology. They, they, they have this vision that it's only passion and, and greed and following your dreams. And that's a lie. It's, it's also technique and preparation and training. Uh, and I say, okay, even if you believe in that, even you, if you want to train yourself, where are you going to do that? In the university? When you need to pay $10,000 per year? Uh, you're going to read a book? Most of the good books are in English. Um, what are you going to do about it? So I said, okay, maybe I can do something about it. I can democratize this knowledge that I have. Um, and I went to where I said, where are more entrepreneurs? LinkedIn? No, in LinkedIn, there's people trying to get a job. <laughs> right, yeah. or, or old guys that look like me. 
Yeah. <laughs> or being really naive on how they do it. Twitter is to throw your anger to someone else or, or TikTok maybe is too young for me. Uh, so Instagram looks like the place where I can talk to someone that is really suffering right now about not knowing what, what's the next, next decision. So I, I, I started my channel. If you go to it, it's, it's called, like, like it's, I use my name, it's, it's at Tadachi Dutch Takaoka because I don't know why, but Tadashi Takaoka was taken. Uh, Tadashi Takaoka. Um, Wait a minute, hold on. Your name, your full name, which is pretty unique, was taken already on Instagram yes. by someone who isn't you. No, and I guess it's someone wow. in Tokyo. Some, some, someone around Tokyo, I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. <laughs> so so uh, I, I started channel, and I really love that the first videos really, really suck. There are... Ugly. <laughs> I love it. Buddy, buddy, go back and look at any of my Rob stories from like 2016. <laughs> and yeah, trust me. No, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's like a real, real life MVP. It's part of the process. Yes, part of the show. You are 100% correct, Ilay. Hey, go back, Ilay. Go back and listen to our podcasts from 20, early, oh, 20, yes. early 2020. <laughs> my goodness. It was a mess. 40, go back 40 episodes ago. Holy cow. It's, it's great. That's great because you you live the you live by your word. You live by by trying something new. So I started to, to to look at this and I started to put a little bit of money to see if people will follow me or not. Are you interested in knowing more? And the thing that I gave me the sense of urgency was when I started to study Instagram and and look up for people talking about entrepreneurship. Everyone was talking about believing yourself. Uh, start again. Uh, you can do it, uh, and all this like self help. It was awful. I think I was like shocked. I said, "How can you talk about this every day and really think that you're helping people?" I know that sometimes you need to to hear or read something that will empower you, but you need to to study. You need to. Force yourself to the next level, and, and I started to look for people that would talk about methodology, that would talk about what are the basis of innovation, and I, I honest, honestly couldn't find one account that will talk seriously, seriously about this. Some entrepreneurs will talk about their experience, but it's a one-person experience. So, so that was the 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 last the, the last stop to say, okay, you know what, I need to do this. I started, and right now I have. 21,000 followers, I think. Uh, and I, it's, it's really interesting because they keep saying, thank you. I changed the company or changed the way I'm doing things because of you, because of what I heard, uh, because you answered me an email. And, and sometimes the, the people that write me the most are is, is all ladies that have a, a, a corner <laughs> shop. And it's great because I love it. I, I, they don't know who I am. They don't know who I was. And I really love it because they ask me the most basic questions and I love to answer them because I say, who else are they going to talk to? Their neighborhood, their 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 their, their sons. It's, it's, it's not that easy to access to that knowledge. So I'm really happy to be the one that can do something about it. That's awesome. And this is our best way to go to the next part <laughs> of the show, which is um, where you can share with, with us your wisdom and, and share with our audience um, a little bit more punctual um, tips. Uh, so in episode, uh, we, we our guest, it becomes the mentor of the day. So 
today. You are the mentor of the day. And we will we would like to know three pieces of advice for our audience about um, entrepreneurship or if you want to do something about life and courage to do stuff, it will be awesome too. Yeah, well, I re first of all, I think you can learn a lot about others. So I have been lately hearing a, a podcast and of course I'm going to hear this one. But also I hear one of NPR that is called How, it, How I Build This. And it, in Spanish, it will be like, Como Construy Esto. Uh, and he's a guy that he, I, I think his name is Guy Ross. His name um, is Guy Raz. That is literally yes. one of my top three favorite podcasts. It's, it's really great. And it's, it's really great because I don't know how he, he keeps bringing people that is like the founder of Airbnb, the founder of Instagram. And he talks <laughs> to him like he's, he's his friend and you're talking in a barbecue. It's incredible. And they say, yeah, we were kind of broken. We were having four, months, uh, four weeks of life and then we're going to go into bankruptcy. And we did this. And it's incredible. So uh, my first... Uh, nugget of knowledge is a lot of stories start with i have an idea at the next day I, I made a prototype and i started to sell something that's really sucked and maybe a lot of people that is hearing us are in trouble right now with their cash flow or are, are thinking about a new idea um i think this is a great moment to start and you will hear and say what in the middle of a crisis no anytime if you're hearing this in two years Two years later, it's a great time to start. If you're hearing this tomorrow, it's a great time to start because every every day is a great time to start because if you go to the outside and you show your uh, lousy solution, your your ugly programming, your bad Instagram video, um, it's a great way to understand what is valuable and, and what is not. So my first uh, piece of knowledge after hearing all of these stories, and I have heard a lot, is... Go for it. Do something ugly. Show the people what you're doing. Because even though if you will come back with a little heat, uh, you also come back with a lot of knowledge. And, and that's what the one of the founders of LinkedIn said. If you don't, if you're not ashamed of the product that you released, you came out too late. You took too much time to come out. Uh, another another advice that I will I will give is. Why become an entrepreneur? I, I, I like to be employee. Is, is that bad? Shouldn't I be employed? No, there's no problem with being employed. But I will say if you want to become the, if you, everyone wants to be recognized. Everyone wants to make a little bit more of money. Everyone wants to scale in the corporate positions. If you want to be an uh, entrepreneur your whole life, there's no problem with that. And you don't need this, this, this advice. But if you're a, a person that is suspecting that it's going to have a hard time because you're going to become older. You're going to have to compete for few uh, posts because there's only one general manager. There's only one CEO. There are only seven positions for managers. So one of the things that you need to train the, more, the most is learn to work with uncertainty. Everyone can be, uh, can be very um, nice and tidy about making solutions. Everyone can be responsible in their jobs. That kind of the basis. But not everyone can work with uncertainty. And when you're an entrepreneur, you work with uncertainty every day. So after you have become an entrepreneur, even though you failed, even though you you totally went to bankruptcy, you will have a muscle that the rest doesn't have. And that's very important when you turn 40, when you turn 50. And you can say it again, yes, I'm an engineer of the university. Nobody cares about that when you're 40. 
what they care about is how, what did you build with your hands? How many uncertainty would you face? Did you face it? Uh, did you face? And, and the earlier you do that, the more comfortable with, that you will be do with that. And my final advice is we all are going to die. I hope not soon, but we're wow. going to die. Yeah, that's so, so you don't true. Have, okay, Tanashi, okay, Ilai, Tanashi just made it real right there. Yeah, and so, yeah. so if you are doing this in your life, if you think that you're not learning something, that's really expensive. Not learning something every day, not doing something that you enjoy is really, really expensive. You don't have time for that. So becoming an entrepreneur, making innovation in your company, or trying to keep yourself outside of comfort zone is a responsibility with yourself, with your life. The only one that you will have, unless you have a religion that says that you will have another, but in the general case, you will only have one. I think it's really important to be responsible with yourself. And I think the only way to do that is to work with uncertainty, become an entrepreneur. Awesome. Wow. That's inspiring. I, I mean, whew, man, um, there's so many thoughts as I was listening to you. Two come to mind. One, I'm just going to shout out my co-host, co-creator here uh, because she's <laughs> awesome, right? So she's in, a, she's in a job. She joined a team telling me when she was doing it that she was part of the reason she was doing it, Tadashi, was because she wanted to go to this company that she didn't know anything about, that she wanted to test herself. She wanted to get outside her comfort zone. And now on her most stressful days, which this week and next couple of weeks are going to be those, like she is literally doing stuff that's super stressful and wearing her down, but she's so far outside her comfort zone. Like she's learning, like you just said, which is is huge inspiration for everybody. And then the other comment, Tadashi, is in so many ways, and this is just to close it out, and then we're going to make sure everybody can find you on social media. But I'm listening to you from the beginning of this conversation to now. And you know what I heard? I hear someone who was and is still a leader, but was a leader inside of a, of a big machine who now in years, years later, right? Like almost like a decade later through, through a, a tool, social media found a way to strip away all those layers of the machinery and do what that machine really intends to do and wants to do. It's like good intention, right? It wants to get the information, democratize entrepreneurship, get the information and the knowledge about entrepreneurship into the hands of the people who could become entrepreneurs because then those people build up the country, right? So the agency's mission has always been that, and yet it took you a decade and then getting outside the agency and then be at home during a pandemic and using social media to find your voice in a way that you could pierce through directly to the people and look at you, 20 some odd, I never, I mean, I've known you for a while. I never saw 20,000 people show up at one of your speeches at Corfo, uh, right? So 20,000 people are showing up on your Instagram feed on a regular basis to listen, follow, send you DMs, little old ladies asking you about how they run their little bodega in their neighborhood. Like that's, that's so, I'm, I'm so happy to hear this today because you're one of my favorite people. You've known that forever. Um, and, and I think it's people like you that too often in all countries, in all uh, situations, like once you're out of the powerful quote unquote government job or, the, or you're not the top VC anymore, like your voice gets kind of tossed away to the side. Um, and I just love that you adapted to the current environment and you have found a way to carry on uh, what the core mission has always been for you, no matter what the medium. So it's, it's such an awesome honor to have you today with us, man. I mean, Ilay, wow, like this is the super important guy that used to sign the checks for everybody <laughs> when we were in Corfo and we didn't know him. And, you know, I used to just bug him and say, like, come have 
coffee with a gringo. I'll, I'll walk to your neighborhood. <laughs> and, and, no. and now here we are, Guadalajara, LA, Santiago, and just so proud of you, Tadashi, how you've reinvented and you're still connected to the mission. So, so thank you for thank you for joining us today. No, I thank yeah, you. Thank you so much for your time. And before we leave, can you please give us uh, where we can find you in social media? Yeah, of course. You can find me in, in Instagram, uh, <laughs> Takaoka. And I'm, so, I'm also in TikTok, but to be honest, I'm not that successful there. I really don't understand the humor right now of the young people, but I still try. Keep I trying. Humiliate. Yes, I humiliate myself, uploading videos, having zero likes. It's, it's lovely. It's like learning from zero. I love to try to connect with the new generations and fail totally. It's, uh, it's keeping myself outside the comfort zone. Um, awesome. So you can find me there too. And I'm also in LinkedIn, you can follow me. If you write my name, I will be the first one to, to appear, I think. So, so and if people, no, if people want to find out or founders in, in Chile want to find out more about how to work with Social Lab, they can find you guys at the website. Exactly, sociallab.com. Um, we are in six countries right now. Mexico is one of them. Uh, we're also in Colombia, Guatemala, uh, Brazil, um, Uruguay. So, so you can find us in a lot of places in Latin America. And I wanted to say, Rob, that you're one of my favorite people too. And I really have to <laughs> be with you today. And I always remember our times here in Chile. And uh, who knows where are we going to meet next? Uh, we're, we're, we're just getting started, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, big hugs. Thanks, everybody. As always, we thank you so much for listening. Today's show was recorded in Los Angeles and Guadalajara, produced by Deanna Bernal in Mexico City, and promoted by the content team at Growth Hacks in Tijuana, Mexico. You can always find and share our show via any popular podcasting platform, as well as find us on social media at Mentors Today on Instagram. If you'd like to connect with our hosts, you can find them on Twitter or Instagram at I am Rob Ryan or at Ileana J. Gracias, thank you, and we'll see you next time.